Hello and welcome to The Wise Why. We are back and this morning I am joined by the most incredible woman. She is the voice in my head when I'm having a fat day and I have plenty of those. And when I'm looking at my wardrobe going, I can't wear that, I can't wear that, I hear Samantha Harmon's voice come in and she will go, just wear it. So enough about me. As usual, The Wise Why is definitely not about me. I shall pass straight to Samantha. Please introduce yourself. Hello, good morning. I am very sweaty at this moment in time, so I'm not enjoying this weather, okay? I am a style coach, so I help predominantly women and all women, some men, to save time and make money using the power of their clothes. I love it. And actually, one thing I didn't say before we came live was I get asked quite a lot by men, funnily enough, what to wear. And we always think it's a female thing, but it's not. And, you know, I've searched, so I am going to request if you could do me a style guide that I could share with all your branding on it so I can actually send it to people because that would really help me. <laughs> yes, I would love to. I, I get asked a lot, actually. I do. I am trained in men's styling and I will, if someone messages me, I'll try and help them as much as possible. But there aren't as many stylists for men specifically doing what I do which is blending coaching and styling and asking questions about why we're wearing what we wear so there are you know there are stylists who will work specifically with clothing but not necessarily the reasons why we're wearing or not wearing stuff and I think that's really really important the way that you know, I got to hear you speaking it was just awesome but the way you connect the the mindset with what you're wearing and I wonder if you can expand a bit more on that because we always think oh I've got nothing to wear or I'm just having a fat day or and we, we have this inner dialogue but you have a way where you can really help us fix it yeah your wardrobe isn't just clothes it's a manifestation of everything that's happened to you up until this point, how you feel about yourself, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, shame, guilt, the things that you thought you'd be by now, the things that you didn't get to do, ways that you are holding yourself back, you're, you're saving stuff for best. So there is no point in me coming to someone's house or working with someone and saying, oh, you're an apple and you should wear this and blah, 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 and then leaving them to it because that doesn't actually help them because they still have all of that inner stuff going on. So the, the, first part that I do with my clients is the inner work because what we're doing is we're running a dialogue in our heads that we aren't even necessarily aware of that comes from generations and memories and beliefs that we formed when we were so young that we're, we're still carrying around and we're still dressing to these standards and they are reflected in what we're wearing or not wearing when actually if we didn't have them we'd probably dress in a completely different way. I absolutely love that because I was a dancer. I don't talk about it very often, but I trained very hard to be a dancer and get into the West End. And I struggle to this day to put a, put a swimming costume on. When I put any type of swimwear, anything like a leotard, I, oh, it, it can put me in the worst mood possible. Yeah, it's because of those beliefs that were formed when you're a kid, right? My, yeah. you've just reminded me of when we had to go swimming at school and I've got a lot of hair and a big a big head and I pretend that it's all just the hair right my head's as big as the moon and if I didn't have my hair <laughs> people would really see it but I used to have to wear a swimming cap and I would have like two or three teachers trying to squash my hair down into a swimming cap 
which reflecting back on it is like it's not great really from a confidence perspective um but yeah I have all of these stories as well like when I was growing up I was told you know the words that were used were you are fat and ugly those are the words that were used and so I believed that and I didn't think that style was for me I thought it was for other people and now I get people messaging me saying to me you know oh you're so confident I wish I could wear that I would love to work with you but I need to lose weight and that's just not true at all I think style should be for everyone and sometimes people see what I do they'll see one post from me and they'll assume that what I'm doing is really superficial and I get where that comes from because it comes from this idea that style is only for a certain type of person and that's what we've seen stylists as before right we've seen them as judgmental you know on what not to wear telling people this isn't good hide that whatever else but what I'm doing is the opposite of that because I want people to feel as good as possible about themselves so they can do good stuff in the world just brilliant and, and I think that's really I love the fact you touched on the what not to wear and those horrible and I'm going to say it horrible TV programs that just destroy who we are. Um, I, I have a whole rant about that type of TV because I don't think it's healthy for us. I don't think it's healthy to constantly be reminded that we're not perfect. I mean, I have no idea what body shape I am because all I do know is I've stopped looking at the, the numbers when I go shopping because whichever shop I go into, I could be um, a size 16 down to a size eight. And I tend to think I'm probably about a 10 to 12, but I don't honestly know. I don't know what you've got to say on that one as well. Yeah, we get so caught up on labels and rules. And I work with a lot of women who are of the generations of growing up or watching those type of shows. And the thing is, the people who made those shows, such as Trini Woodall, Susanna Constantine, Erica Davies, who's now an author and writes style books, they have come out and said that what they said was wrong and they don't believe those rules. And yet, because that's what we've been influenced by, that's what we're still doing. And so many women that I work with, I'll have to challenge them on beliefs they have. Like, I can't wear red because that's too this or I can't wear stripes because you shouldn't wear stripes over a certain size. And it's restricting our style. But shops, no, labels... It's because clothes are made on a fit model. So every shop uses a different model and all they do is just scale up. Like they'll just add a few inches per size and they're never going to fit your individual body 100% perfectly because that's how they're made. They're mass produced. And yet you are making that mean something about yourself. So I know you've got a real hatred for fast fashion. <laughs> yeah I do yeah there's some fast fashion brands that I just do not mess with and first of all overconsumption is a huge problem we currently have enough clothes on this planet to clothe the next six generations we don't need more clothes and yet there are brands that are making a hundred thousand items like every quarter ASOS for example if you go on ASOS you will see they've got about seven thousand new items pretty much every day on there. We don't need all this stuff. We actually just need to learn how to use it properly. And another reason that I have a problem with fast fashion is because of how it makes us feel. 
you know if your clothes are of good quality or not. You know if your clothes have been made by someone who is actually getting what they deserve from putting together that item. And so if you are running a business or you want to be a leader and you're saying, I want to make six figures, seven figures, you can't be walking around in clothes from Sheen, 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 whatever it's called. I've got no time for it. But yeah. Yeah. got no time for it. <laughs> so I love that because people don't know this much about me, but in the when I was in my 30s, I used to refuse to go into certain shops because of fast fashion. I used to stand outside them and almost get, oh, I, I was very political when I was younger, but I've mellowed. I have definitely mellowed. But, you know, I was like, no, you can't go in there. They they don't do, they don't treat their stuff right. It is factory. Oh, I was, yeah, I was incredibly banging the drum. So when, when I first met you and I heard you talking about this, it was like, yeah, I, I like this woman a lot. And I do mean a lot. It was like, wow, yes, you're talking my language. But of course, you didn't cut, just start in fashion, did you? You you people don't necessarily know this they see your posts on social media and as you said they 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 do the judgment thing i think we've all been there but actually you're a bull i'm gonna i'm gonna swear you're a ballsy ass editor right yeah yeah i am (laughs) i am yeah i started as a journalist well actually if we're going back way back you know I grew up on a council estate I didn't know anyone in journalism and I became a journalist and ended up becoming a newspaper editor and at that time even actually it wasn't that long ago okay and also this is still the case now there are not very many women in those roles and so I was often being mistaken for the secretary or someone's assistant and I decided that I could use my clothes not only as an armor to that kind of stuff, but also as personal brand, because I could see that's where journalism and even careers in general going, you know, people buy from people. So I started to really think more about what I was where I mean, I loved clothes anyway, and dressing up anyway, think about what I was wearing. And from there, other women started asking me for help. I'd meet them at events and they would say, I've got an interview tomorrow. Can you help me? Or I've got this meeting next week. Can you help me pick out what I should wear? I absolutely loved helping them. And I loved helping them more because I am very passionate about gender equality, women getting into these spaces, all that kind of stuff, I guess, as a result from being in a very male-dominated industry, which not is not just male-dominated, but also very elitist, Like when I got the job as the editor of the Oxford Mail and the Oxford Times, I would have so many people say to me, oh, what what school did you go to? And they meant, what private school did you go to? Because this is a job for this type of person, right? So they were always a bit surprised when I was like, oh, I went to school on the council estate. Um, But something that happened to me at, at those papers was that this had happened to me one day and we had someone who was an archivist, an archivist, he was basically he used to work there and now he looked after all of our files because newspapers are such a rich history of what's happened in society and he was in the room where we kept everything and he took out this book and it was a a lit a long line of all of editors up to that point and from when it had started and he said to me look at all of these and he was like and now look at you imagine what they would say or how great is it that you are here doing this so I really took that away with me 
and love that he said that. Um, Yeah, but that's why I do what I do. It's not to me. It's not about clothes. It's about helping people make money. I have a client at the moment who been working with for literally two weeks, and already she is making big strides in her business that she wouldn't have made otherwise because she's starting to feel more confident in herself and owning the fact she's an expert. (laughs) Yeah. Big one. And it's, it's interesting because I've had to go through that change as well. You know, it's when I worked for the corporates, um, I actually deliberately dressed like the secretary. I deliberately dressed very, very feminine. Uh, I was working in a very male dominated environment. So my clothes were really floral. They were feminine. I deliberately power dressed in a way because I've kind of reversed it so that people would come to the meeting and I'd be the one making the decisions and they would talk to my boss, to, to the mm-hmm. person next to me. So sometimes my boss, sometimes I'd be in charge of marketing. Sometimes um, my the, the person that I'd taken to the meeting who was the, the pre-sales guy and they would talk to them because they were in a suit and I was the pretty one. I'd even go and make the cup of tea deliberately and, and come back in and they would spend the whole time talking to the other person and then I'd go, yeah, I'm not going to be going with you. Yeah. So I love that. I had a lot of fun doing that but of course then I left decided to launch a business but the pandemic hit and then I had to kind of find my own style and it's been really interesting going through that journey and finding out because I need practical clothes because a lot of the time I'm crawling on the floor putting lights up or um Putting up tripods so it's, it's kind of like difficult to work out what to wear and I've had to go through that transition and it's been really interesting so when I do dress up um people tend to go oh you're very dressed up today and I'm like no I'm just not crawling on the floor <laughs> <laughs> no it's just brown Tuesday uh, no any excuse but yeah it is it is a struggle because if you think about it we go from school university where no one has any money so we're just wearing like whatever and then into the work environment and there's very much still this what we are supposed to wear at work and it's so outdated a lot of workwear policy when it comes to what to what to wear to work and I don't even think a lot of HR professionals even know this from the conversations that I've had with them recently is based on a book from 50 years ago it's a book by someone called John T. Malloy and it was called Dress for Success. And he brought up a women's edition because more women were coming into male dominated workspaces. And in this book, he says, you know, you need to stand shoulder to shoulder with men. Hence the reason that shoulder pads were such a big thing in the 80s and power dressing was a phrase that he coined. And it's 50 years later, we have got more traction in these spaces, not as much as we need or would like. But also we've lived through a pandemic and so many people now are working hybrid or working from home and they don't know what to wear to work. And because this is so outdated and no one's having the conversation about it, it's so confusing. Managers are really confused. I talk to managers all the time who will say to me, oh, I've got this person. They keep coming dressed in X, Y, Z. You know, people look like they've just crawled out of bed. And when I say to them, why do you feel that this isn't a conversation you can have? They will say, are you kidding? I don't know what to wear to work. No one's talking to me about this. I've not had any training. What am I supposed to say to them? So yes, it's something that we really need to think about because if you're asking your employees as well to be a face of the brand, you have to give them the confidence to be able to do that. 
absolutely is this a book coming out <laughs> okay here's my grand announcement and I think as I just get on my soapbox I'm like oh, I'm coming this. and people are like when are, when are you gonna write a book so yeah seriously go get this book out because I would buy it and I would also be able to use it with my clients because so the challenge that some of my clients have is they've got to do and we could they tend to be men although there are women and I'm trying desperately to remember Paula's surname who came on the the podcast a couple of weeks months ago uh she designs work wear for women so really she's going to try and connect with you but um I'm trying to think about the issue that we that a lot of my clients face is they're on site so they're they're in steel toe caps they've got a, a hard hat on and then they've got to move from site to a big meet, meeting and hold that meeting because they're in in you know they're in the c-suite um so that's an interesting point for men and women and something that we a lot of people struggle with. I'm not going to ask you to answer the question now, but unless you've got an idea, but it is something that is never discussed and it is a really difficult moment. Right. We have to get dressed every day for work. We judge people, even though we hate to think this of ourselves, we judge people within 0.10 seconds of seeing them. And so, you know, what we wear is really important, not just for other people, but for ourselves, because there is uh, something called enclosed cognition. It's a psychological term for the fact that we act up to or down to what we're wearing. So if we're wearing something that doesn't make us feel good, we are less productive. We are less likely to hold the meeting. We are less likely to say what we need to say. And that's a problem. That's a problem in business for employers because if you are in a sales role, for example, and you have to go out and get a big client, and you don't feel confident in yourself, that's the energy you're going to bring to the meeting and you're not going to get as good a deal as you could have done. So it's, it's something that we need to talk about. It's the one thing we're expected to do every single day for work. And it's the one thing that people will tell you is superficial, silly thing to think about. You know, we invest all this money in IT training and, you know, all this other stuff, which is all great. But if people don't feel good about themselves they're not going to do the best. 100%. And I say this when I'm doing public speaking, think about what you're wearing, uh, including, and it's funny, Funny, there, I was watching a documentary with Shania Twain and she talked about how she had to learn to sing in heels. And I talk about this a lot actually, because heels uh, change the way you stand and the way you command yourself. Now I love a, I love a heel, I absolutely love it, but I, I've taught myself where to place my weight so it doesn't affect me when I'm public speaking but that took time and I had to learn to do it and we I was lucky I got it at drama school but those are things that people don't think about right the way down to your feet do they people don't have any training in this stuff we are just expected to know and the problem is then that fast fashion fashion in general can capitalize on this because we're always being sold to especially with social media oh, well, you know, that person's wearing that, so maybe I should wear that. Maybe this is a thing to buy this season. And because we haven't learned the basics of, this is your shape, this is how to make you look and feel fantastic, we are susceptible to going out and buying stuff that we do not need and that we half the time we don't even like it. Sometimes I'll be with a client going through their wardrobe and I'll say, okay, what about this thing or this thing? And they're like, oh, hate that, don't like that. 
Why so is it in your house? I've got a confession. I threw out all the clothes I don't like. Well, actually, I didn't throw them out. I took them to the charity. But um, I... I remember listening to one of your things and I went through my wardrobe and everything that I didn't like went out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. This is this is what you've done to me. And and yet you know, if 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 I wasn't busy, I would have come to you because it it was that thing where I was looking at my wardrobe going, and I've I've had training, so I'm very different because when you're an actor, you are trained to dress as the part. And you spend hours learning what and 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 observing really observing not observing the magazines in fact i don't watch i don't read any glossy magazines at all um primarily because i find them there's, there's no sub sounds awful but i find there's no substance to them so what we used to do uh, one of the exercises we had to do was go out and watch people in the street and see what they're absolutely wearing so i do this and I, it was a really hot summer's day and i decided to wear a summer dress and i was traveling um, it's a stupid story, but I was traveling and um, this bit of the body was being shown. So I had to dive in and get a, a little vest to put underneath. And there's a slit in the dress. And I was walking because I observe and I still observe today. And I was walking. There was a, a, somebody not dressed the same way as me, obviously going to the office as well. I had my laptop. But because I was wearing a pretty summer dress, which was covered in flowers with a slit. Now I was going to a big, big meeting, but I was feminine. Um they absolutely stopped, stared at me and judged me. Just as if I was blonde and silly. And it was like, wow, I'm 52. I think I can, I know I can hold my own. So you're right about that judgment. I think that's a really important thing to talk about. So thank yeah. you for that. We've got some comments. Oh, um, oh Paula joined us. Paula joined us. Yes, Paula Cannon. Um, you two really must meet. She designs workwear for women. She's And she's brilliant. So definitely reach out. And Joe, Joanne Bark has joined us, and I would definitely buy the book too. <laughs> I better get cracking on writing this book, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. What I might do is just rant and then get it like transcribed. Done. Well, you can do that in Word. Yeah, I think. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Everyone, I'll write a book. Please do. I'll, I'll even write the foreword saying yes. <laughs> go for it oh a comment anyway please write a book because I think it's really important so we talked about the guy who worked in the archives who told you all about how incredible it was to be in that position what I'm really interested about is who else has inspired you my oh, it sounds really corny I'm gonna say my parents because they when I we grew up with no money like literally my dad had about four jobs and he also ran his own business, not very well. So I've learned a lot of lessons from him. Um, but there was one time, it was Christmas, and he had to take a job as a milkman because we didn't have any money. And people left tips out. And so he came home with all of these envelopes and they were full of coins. It was like one pound here, 50p there, 20p there. And me and my sisters opened these envelopes and I've never felt more rich. We were like, we're rich, we're rich. And it added up to probably about, I don't know, 30 quid or something. But my parents always told me that I could do anything. And they've got three daughters. And my dad was always actually being asked when we were kids, oh, isn't it a shame you don't have a son? And he'd always be like, no, I've got three lovely, <laughs> lovely children. Um, but they always told me there was nothing that I couldn't do. And when you come from a background of you live on a council estate, you get you get judged on it. You're starting not at the same position as everyone else. Yeah. And 
he and my mum always took us to places that would show us like there was a, a good way of life and that kind of stuff. So they've been massively influential. And also my my grandparents the the same. Um yeah, they've been getting emo- get emotional. They've they've been oh, very um, they, they've been very uh helpful, I guess what I would say. So, um, one of just, my nuns, sorry. Yeah. No, it's just to let you know, um, because I don't know if you know this about me, I grew up in a council house. There we go, see? There yeah. You go. So I, everything you've just said, I totally and utterly yeah, my parents are the same. So I just, yeah, I could hear you were getting emotional. So it was like, no, 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 I've got to jump yeah. in there. I don't, I, don't, morning. <laughs> I don't like exposing anybody because I don't think it's fair. This is a lovely, this is a moment where we, we're talking and it's not about me making me cry or anything like that. So, uh, but yes, I grew up in uh, Tattenham Corner, which I'm really proud of, in a little road called Shorty Way, which Shorty Crescent, which is now, and I went to Shorty Way first in middle school. And actually, as I'm talking, I'm dropping my accent and going into my Surrey accent because that's actually what I come from. But I had elocution lessons, which, and I was, uh, my parents supported me to become an actor and told me I could achieve anything. And I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> I know. Yeah, my, one of my nans actually, she's passed away. She passed away quite a few years ago, but she is a big inspiration to me now because she was very intelligent and also very stylish. But she was she grew up on the same estate that I did, and she got a place in the grammar school, but she couldn't go because the war broke out. So she then ended up having seven children from the age she was. She had her first kid at eighteen, her last kid when she was forty, who was my mum. And she was honestly like the most intelligent, like fabulous person I've ever met. And I just think if she was alive now, what could she have done? And so sometimes I think about that when I'm a bit, oh, I'm a bit scared to do this or do that. I think you've got an opportunity that your nan didn't have. So you may as well just take it. So it's, it's, I love the fact you brought this up because I can remember my mum saying to me, telling me, and mum's 76 now, and I remember her saying to me, you don't understand the pressure that was on me to be a secretary. And I was like, wow, she went, I'll never do that to you. And she didn't. She empowered my brother and me and my sister to be whatever we could be. And I do exactly the same thing. Um, and I take the song from the Miserable, which is not the Miz, um, Miss Saigon, and I sing it to my daughter. And I, I deliberately twist the words because I want it to be powerful for her. But the line is, you can be what you want to be. And it's like, yeah. And I sung it to her since she was really, really tiny because I think it's so easy for us to get put into a little box. And I want her, I mean, she's got a lot of things that she's got to overcome. So I want her to fly and just be as ballsy as her mother. Oh, she's amazing. You'll have to meet her. So we've had um, Rachel Genoway saying amazing insights. Thank you. Um, And a LinkedIn user who I don't know the name of because how StreamYard works says, great, listen. So that's awesome. So this is the moment where you've been in the hot seat. We've had a brilliant, I loved, I have loved this this conversation. I'm so pleased you said yes. You get to ask me anything. Okay, let's go. I'm yeah. going to ask you. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask a lot of my clients, and actually, it's a good question for people who are listening as well because they can think about this. What would you wear if you wanted to feel your absolute most fabulous self? 
So something bright pink, which is funny enough what this is, although it looks red. So something bright pink. I have worn bright pink since I was 15. That's fuchsia pink. Um, when I was about 40, it's a, it's a memory. It's, it's linked to um, a real tree. I think it was my 15th or 16th birthday. And my mum took me shopping and it is fast fashion. It was Topshop at the time. We didn't have any money you know you've got to but you understand it so to go up to London to go shopping in Topshop and I went I was lucky um I got a grant so my secondary school I actually went to private school because I got a grant so that I could study performance so I went to arts ed but I was the grant kid and so I trained with people who could wear all the fashion brands and I remember desperately wanting Levi Fiverr ones but we couldn't afford them so I got I think it was some other brand, which I don't can't even remember, Wrangler or something, and they were just not right, but it was the best my mum could do. And so to go up shopping in London to get this outfit was massive. And I was in top, I was in top shop and I got a matching, this is so 80s. I got a matching sweatshirt top and long skirt with a spit up the back in fuchsia pink, with fuchsia pink massive high heels fuchsia pink earrings <laughs> and I wore it to my party and I wore it absolutely everywhere um, and I, I wore it to death and so fuchsia pink to me is the memory that I always wear when I want to feel absolutely fabulous. Oh I, that is the most wonderful story. Oh and not something I ever thought I would share on here. So thank you, because it's not something I'd ever actually made that connection of why I wear Future Pink, but it is really that whole memory, that whole day in London, that mummy time of just so magical. Oh, so mum, cool. if you're listening, which I know you never do, but if you're listening. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us or uh, well, joining me i have loved this conversation please get that book written oh i'll tell you what we haven't done is you have got an amazing thing coming up so i'm going to flick the ticker on and you get to tell everybody all about this yes i have a masterclass coming up on september 21st it's called magnetic style and it's going to essentially does what it says on the tin show you how to be magnetic so you can align what you're wearing with what you want and I've seen this process work with my clients you know they're going out there getting visible getting their own clients making more money feeling really good and I would love to share that with as many people as possible because it's September a lot of people are thinking that it's the end of the year you know no we still we can still make this the best season of the year and also I'm a big I'm big on autumn I love it. Season of magic. Not right now, obviously. It's a season of sweat. But <laughs> it's going to be... It is 30 degrees out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just going to be a magical energy. So I'd love people to join. Absolutely brilliant. Anybody who is having a... Looking at their wardrobe right now, thinking, I've got nothing to wear, you can and you will if you get in touch with Samantha because she is totally awesome. <laughs> Thank you.